From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Steve Tassie. Hello. And Aaron Zach. Hi, everybody. My name is Jonathan Moriarty, and we are going to talk about the difference between the games we find at Snakes and Lattes and the games we find at the sister bar, Snakes and Loggers. So, Aaron, fill us in a little bit on the chronology here. How does, how does it all fit together? So, Snakes and Lattes began uh, August 2010. Okay. So, we've got four years now. Um, and it went along, growing leaps and bounds, far beyond our expectations, or at times what we could handle, uh, for, <laughs> for many years. Uh, and then, um, as it is with our company, we fell into an opportunity, which is the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> and we saw a, spa- a space, essentially a space became available to us in a, in a great neighborhood, which was just down the street. It was at College and Bathurst uh, in Toronto, which is just down the street from our current Snakes and Lattes. And that was in, uh, we took, we ended up opening that one in uh, February 1st of uh, 2014, so this year. Um, and it was Snakes and Loggers. And we kind of opened up Snakes and Loggers kind of in a way to define itself against, not against, but alongside what we'd already developed with Snakes and Lattes, which had come so far and so long. Okay. And this was what are the major points of difference between the two? What's uh, why open another snakes place just a few blocks down from the original? Because we need a snakes in every corner. Ah. No, but it's in all in a <laughs> snakes box. But um, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, uh, well, I think there's a couple things. One major difference we can look at is the fact that snakes and lattes grew in an extremely organic way, uh, for better for worse, and at times for better and at times for worse. Um, and it kind of developed this kind into this kind of long branching thing that was amazing and twisting and turning. Whereas we had time with loggers to sit back and go, okay, what do we know works? What do we know doesn't work? What do we want to do? And that was really what it was. What do we want to do? How do we want to make this place its own space? And kind of what we looked at is uh, kind of creating a space that was uh, kind of a a play area for adults. That sounds super weird. It's not meant to. It's meant to sound fun. (laughs) So uh, we're here to talk about games, obviously. How is this reflected, this this different vision reflected in the respective game libraries of the two places? Well, um, the Lattes Library has been growing over the last four years. When we first opened, we had just over a thousand games that uh, Ben had cobbled together from garage sales and thrift shops. Uh, his own meager personal collection. Uh, (laughs) Believe it or not, he was not a huge gamer when he started the business. Uh, It boggles my mind that someone who wasn't would do that, but he did. Uh, And it it very quickly began to grow. Uh, It grew through a lot of different sources. We had, when we first opened, people would donate games to us. It still happens from time to time. Um, But we started retailing games, which meant we could get them wholesale and then it became much cheaper for us to acquire new stock. Uh, And so the the collection just grew and grew and grew. And there was a point where we were practically opening any new game that came along. And now we're more selective. Uh, we, We really look at the game... Uh, we do research on it. We figure out what kind of game it is before we bother actually spending a bit of money to open one up. Uh, because we've, over the four years, figured out what works and what doesn't, like Aaron was saying. We now have a better sense of what is a good game to have as the library. We're going to talk about that in a bit more detail yes. in a sec. That process for loggers actually pretty much began at that point of being very selective. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Loggers kind of looked at itself and said, okay, what do we want to do? And we defined ourselves. So essentially we wanted to look at a place that was kind of like 
the concept of enjoying a night in, you know, being a bar, but not a bar and a little different than what we'd already done. So we were picking games that, you know, could work for people that were having it there. Maybe they're, maybe they're going out to another bar. Maybe they're coming from another place. Maybe they'd already had three beers. We had to make it work for those, all those different kinds of people and kind of create this unique space for them. So it definitely was a different kind of space. She's being so politic about this. Yeah. Okay. Drunk people have Drunkers. a hard time. Sorry. Right? <laughs> there goes my shot for mayor. <laughs> all right. We're going to go into some of the differences then in a bit more detail. Steve, let's start with the curator here. What makes a good snakes game? This is then here we're talking about snakes and lattes. Yeah. Um, a good game for us is, um, well, to put it really simply, is nearly any Spiel des Jahres winner. Um, <laughs> We've talked about award-winning yeah. games a while back. The SDJs tend to be very family-friendly. They yeah. tend to be easy to pick up, but they also yeah. have some depth. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what makes a good Snakes and Lattes game. A game that um, has a relatively low learning curve. There's, there's no real barrier to entry for it. Um, easy to teach, easy to pick up. Uh, not super long to play, but also not super short to play. I mean, we have a lot of our breadstick games, the ones that you can play in five minutes, uh, maybe ten if you're taking a long time or it's a slightly more complicated game. But those aren't the ones that are really the best because those are nice warm-ups and we let everybody play them. But what I look for, um, both as a guru and as the curator, is a game that has a really good ratio of teach time to play time. Mm. You know, if it takes me a minute to teach you a game, but you only play it for five minutes, then that's good, but that's not great. If it takes me five minutes to teach you a game and you play that game for 45 minutes to an hour, now we're talking. Mm. Um, so having something that can be taught very quickly, but still is going to engage a table for a long period of time. And whether that's because the game takes 45 minutes to play or whether it's because it takes 15 minutes to play, but it's so much fun, they're going to want to play it two or three times in a row. <laughs> that's always a bonus. Yeah. Um, games like Marrakesh, that's one of my personal favorites for that scenario, is very few times do I teach it to a table who don't play it three times in a row. I found that uh, happens a lot with Splendor. Yeah. I've had really good results with that one. We put that one in the game spotlight a little while back. Now, of course, we have a reputation for being a very large and very thorough collection. So we have lots of stuff that is not an ideal snakes game. We have stuff that really, frankly, if I was being absolutely honest, I would pull from the wall just because. Uh, Are we it's Fireball Island here? Um, no, not even. Like Fireball <laughs> Island, that's that's there for historical reasons. Right. Um, right. I'm talking about games like Game of Thrones, Fury uh, of Dracula, stuff that... Don't say Twilight Imperium. <laughs> Twilight Imperium. We actually had to pull TI3 yeah. from the, uh, the shelf, but it's in the archive upstairs. just too big. Yeah. Too long, too complicated, too big. There have been games that have come along that I've said no for exactly that reason. Firefly, uh, I love the game. I, I'm a big fan of the show and I really enjoy the game, but gigantic footprint and a very long playtime. Dead of Winter, did that make it on or no? Yes, it did. Uh, okay. It has made it on. It is a big footprint, but it's not as big. It, it does fit 
Um, with a four-player game, you can just squeeze it onto one of our long tables. If you go to five, you're adding an extra table to the table anyway, and that covers the uh, the space. Here's the other thing about Dead of Winter. It's become kind of a cultural phenomenon within uh, board gaming circles. Mm-hmm. People who are into board games know this, and they expect to see it when they go to Snakes and Lions. Yeah, that's another part of why the collection is so big, because there are titles that even... I mean, I, I personally can't stand Agricola. But people expect that it's going to be there. At least the yeah, enthusiasts the have a right to expect yeah. that the big stuff like a great yeah. is going to be there. So it's not really about personal choice for me. All right, Aaron. What makes a good loggers game? It actually is exactly what Steve touched upon. It's the ratio of teach time to play time. And I like to look at that kind of, in part, the elegance of... It's kind of what I look at as elegance. It's the ability of the teacher, but it's also the elegance of the rules of the game. Uh, we have a different setup at Loggers than we do at Lattes. We don't have dedicated gurus. We have a hybridized guru server model. So you can imagine that these people who are serving, uh, getting your drinks, getting your food, and are also teaching you games, they have a limited amount of time. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to have to get that teach done real fast. So they're, And they're amazing at it. But they have to basically, we have to select games for them that aren't going to take them away from the other tables for 20 minutes. So, you know, they're looking at where, where Steve might have a chance. I mean, it's not going to be very often because on, on like a Friday or even you on a Saturday night, you're not going to necessarily have 25 minutes to dedicate to a table. Mm-hmm. They're going to maybe have five. So you put that in perspective for people. If that. If that, yeah. If five. Five is, that's what I'm saying. Five is like when you have to spend 45 and you're like, oh God, that mm-hmm. they're spending five. You're like, oh. So what are some ideal loggers games? Well, it wouldn't it would surprise you actually. Splendor is a fantastic loggers game. Hmm. The teach is not too complex and the playtime is fantastic. All the way down to, I mean, I, like I said, Cockroach Poker mm. is fantastic. Um, even actually, everyone's getting into Black Fleet. Black, Black Fleet. Fleet. Everybody loves even Black with Fleet. that massive footprint. Yeah, you'd be surprised when you put it at like you know a larger table. We do have larger tables there. People go nuts for that game. But I mean, I didn't want to bring it up, but you know, we all know what is the ideal loggers game: <laughs> Cards Against Humanity. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that that speaks more towards the cultural phenomena that is Cards Against Humanity than to kind of the people who are playing the games. Well, let's it, it, it is also the ideal yeah. lattes game for exactly the same reason. I can teach that game in a minute and there will be some tables who never play anything but that. I'm done with them. It's, it's, yeah, it's they perfect. get one minute of my time. They never need to see me and again. And they're happy and we and can move on to help others who are doing more challenging stuff. Exactly. Uh, where they need more help from us. A great way to think of the lattes gaming, uh, lattes gaming library versus the loggers gaming library to me is things where... People might be reluctant to teach you at lattes because, but they'll spend some time with you if they have the time. Those things you won't necessarily see at loggers. But loggers is—I mean, we talked about this earlier. Loggers is looks at kind of the holistic idea of food, drink, and games as being altogether equal and greater than some of their parts. Mm. Uh, where lattes does tend sometimes to give a preference to gaming, not to the detriment of the food. The food's still great, but kind of that kind of split there. It's a focus rather than a gestalt. Exactly. Yes. So, Thunderdome, let's fight. Lager's collection versus Latte's collection, which one wins? Well, based on size alone, I've got it hands <laughs> Sizes down. and everything. Or, well, okay. Now, you guys at home don't have taste of vision, but I came here and I, and I came here with the intention of getting Steve a little drunk and I, <laughs> just to soften him up for this. So uh, I think it's working. I think we're going to have a good time. I, I'm going to take the high road here and say they're each great in their own way. So Steve looks a bit like a jerk now. <laughs> oh, I, I always look a bit like a jerk. Why might somebody prefer one of those libraries over the other? Uh, well, it depends. It's really about the person. Um, of you know, we have we have a lot of people who come to lattes who I think would absolutely be satisfied with uh, the loggers collection. Right? I think that there are a lot of our customers would never tread outside what is available at loggers. 
Uh, and that's that's great. That's fine. There's a lot of really good games down at Loggers. It's not. Um, I mean, we we talked earlier about how ideally they're games for people who've had a few drinks, right? And mm-hmm. you know, the drunker you get, the dumber you get. Really, <laughs> at least scientifically speaking, yeah, temporarily, right? Like it doesn't make you stupid in the long run. Although if you drink enough, it will. But uh, <laughs> there are. It's not just games for for drunkards down at Loggers, right? There are there are actually really excellent games on the collection, and I think that your average person. Uh, could do a lot worse than just hanging out at loggers and getting to know the games that are there. Um, They're going to encounter plenty of stuff that they wouldn't see at Toys R Us. Absolutely. I agree completely. I mean, it's not just about, you know, getting into this, into the hobby as deep as you possibly can. It's about the breadth of it too. It's about, you know, the more people playing to me, that's an, that's an achievement. Uh, Now the the people who are going to enjoy the lattes collection more, I think are, uh, well, families for one, because we have, a much larger kids section. I mean, Not you don't have a kids section. We don't have kids, but maybe, you do maybe. have kids games. Actually, some of the yeah, games down makes, there it are. It makes sense to have kids games in that sort of uh, adult playroom. Drunk or toddler? Sort of I don't know. Because <laughs> a game like Guess Who or Battleship or uh, even something like Animal Upon Animal, a stacking little wooden animals, or up, TikTok Woodman, it could totally have its yeah. place in that sort of a setting. But what I'm saying is that families are going to get more out of our collection because mm-hmm. we actually have a dedicated kids section where. Uh, kids from as young as four uh, up to you know around eight are going to find stuff that's really good for them and isn't going to bore mom and dad mm-hmm. senseless. The other people who are going to really get more out of our library are the people who already know who Reiner Knizia and Uwe <laughs> Rosenberg are. Enthusiasts. Yeah, the people who already know games because they can come in and there's a good chance, I won't guarantee it, but there's a good chance that the new hotness is going to be available to try. We've got Dead of Winter. You know, uh, we have a lot of the new stuff that comes out. We got Black Fleet before it was widely available. Um, So people who want to try the newest thing or have experienced something that's modern and cutting edge but want more from that designer or want more in that genre, they get to dive in deeper uh, at lattes than they will at loggers. The advantage with loggers, presumably, in this in this case, is that the narrower, more focused collection is going to provide more directly for the sort of experience that loggers is designed to provide. Exactly. I think loggers is going to help if you know if you if you're getting into the hobby if you never played before. I think you know loggers are capturing people who normally go to a bar and maybe they they drink themselves senseless and now they're going to drink themselves senseless but with a purpose because they <laughs> lost. Um, but no, honestly, seriously, I think I think. You could, a great way to look at it is both locations can bring someone into the, into the kind of the hobby. Loggers really kind of attacks that kind of idea of gaming is for everyone. It's not this niche thing. There's something for everyone. And then you're going to find it. You're going to love it. And you're going to stop thinking it's lame and realize that you're not that cool. <laughs> the, the philosophy behind snakes and whichever mm-hmm. has always been uh, people who say they don't like games just haven't played the right game yet. <laughs> And they are just as likely to experience that right game at loggers as they are at lattes. So I guess what it comes down to is that if you're looking for inspiration for your own collection at home, from either of those places, they both offer inspiration. Absolutely. Unless you are under 18, unless you're under 19 years of age. In which case, (laughs) you got to start with uh, lattes and then work your way over. Yeah. Well, we hope this has given you some ideas for your own collections at home. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Steve Tassie and Aaron Zach. Game on. Game on. Game on. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel.
or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.